Welcome everybody to another episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi Podcast. I am your main host, the Artificial Dragon. I'm your co-host, Hannah. And welcome to our 31st episode of a podcast, everybody. Yep, 31. <laughs> 31. We have officially crossed that threshold, Hannah. That's good. That's that's what we want. Yeah, just... If we uh, <laughs> weren't making episodes, this podcast would cease to exist. Yeah. Um, I believe we have, uh, no, uh, 19 more episodes until we hit 50 episodes. Nice. Yeah, so that's going to be a nice little milestone, but, uh, yeah, um, I'm not good with math, so maybe like a (laughs) (laughs) couple of months from now it'll be 50 episodes, but we could only hope. We'll see. But speaking of milestones... At the at the moment of his of the recording of his podcast, we have officially reached three hundred subscribers. That is awesome. Yeah, um, just uploaded the Naboo episode today, getting a fair amount of reception, and uh, yeah, we have hopefully by the time this uh, recording has ended, we will cross the threshold of over three hundred subscribers too. That will be amazing. Yeah. So to get this out of the way real quickly, um, for any of you of our new viewers that have came across our channel through our numerous episodes and all of that, we have a Patreon, which you can find on patreon.com slash Once again, that is patreon.com slash And you can contribute to any tier from the lowest being $2 and the highest being $10. And for any tier, you have instant access to our Discord server where you could talk to me and Hannah and numerous other fans of a podcast where we could talk about lore, memes, or just life in general here and there. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a very lively and very recently thanks to our recent Patreons. Thank you so much for supporting our content. And for special awards, especially for our higher tier members, we have the uh, Sexy Chiss Spy, which is directly based off of a new Bond girl from the most recent movie and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at her juicy thick thighs. And if you can't make the connections, she's also featured in the... Uh, Chiss episode thumbnail. Yeah, she is based off of a Chiss design from the uh, Chiss thumbnail art and everything. You need to give her a name. Yeah. <laughs> one day, one of these days, as, uh, especially with Chiss names, which are complicated as Give fuck. us suggestions <laughs> in the comments. Give us suggestions. Yeah, yeah, one of these days. Uh, but yeah, um, support the Patreon if you can. Or you could always give a thumbs up to our videos, like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment. Ring all the bell a, for notifications. Yeah, the whole shebang. It always helps with the algorithm with the way YouTube is like in most recent memories and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, support us anytime you can. And uh, we always appreciate the views and the love towards our content. It helps It helps make this pay off. Yeah, it really does. Um, so yeah... Well, that out of the way, I am pretty sure you know what today's episode is going to be about, Hannah. We will be talking about the history of the Jedi. The history of the Jedi. <laughs> In the uh, founding days of our little podcast, we started with our super weapons episode, and literally our second episode was the foundations of a Sith and everything. Yeah, because that was my idea. Yeah, that was your idea. And, you know, the origins of uh, the... What can uh, I say? I like Sith. Yes, you do. Um, the Great Hyperspace War, Naga Sadal, the origins of the uh, runaway Naga Sadal meme and everything. Yep. <laughs> Basically, that was talking about the ancient Sith. Then we moved on to Exar Kun's time, mm-hmm. and then Revan, 
But now we decided we should start covering the other side of the force. Yeah, the other side of the force. Most people might see the light side and anything related to the Jedi as kind of boring. I kind of see where they're coming from because the intrigue of the Sith originally becoming a race and then a bunch of dark Jedi upright taking over their society and melding it their own way is intriguing and all that. It is very cool. Yeah. Um, But... (laughs) <laughs> I've known a lot of lore details in Star Wars for the longest time, especially when I became a fan back in uh, 2005 when Revenge of a Sith became prominent in everything. I was just a wee babe. Yeah, you were a little, little baby. I was five. Yeah, and like uh, like I mentioned in the previous episode, the Naboo episode, um, diving into the history of a Jedi is a whole complicated affair. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, um, if you thought the Sith were complicated... Oh boy, the Jedi are even more complicated. Let's buckle up, ladies and germs. (laughs) So yeah, there are like multiple parts and everything. And just to give you an idea, um, the uh, Great Hyperspace War with Naga Zedow and everything happened in 5,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. The history of a Jedi goes way past the founding of a Republic in 25,000. I'm sure. sure. Holy fuck. (laughs) Yeah, so it's got a... uh, Long-spanning history in comparison to its more uh, angry little guy Sith. Yep, this is going to be definitely longer than the history of the Sith episodes. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to divide it up into parts. Um, so, as we all know, the Jedi Order is one of the most recognizable factions in all of Star Wars, and arguably all of sci-fi and everything. Yeah. Especially with their iconic laser swords, their power in the force. Uh, the resemblance to modern day ideas of Buddhism and the Samurai Bushida code, all that sort of stuff. I mean, when you think of Star Wars, what do you immediately picture? Mostly, the uh, yeah, the Jedi, yeah. And their concepts with the Force. And of course, Imperial Star Destroyers, but eh, who cares about that? <laughs> <laughs> We're not here about the, the, the pizza ships. We're here about the kick-ass space samurai. <laughs> but yeah, um, so, Volve, so, um... Let me actually go ahead and dive into it before I prattle on about behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, Volva Jedi has a long and complicated history, even more ancient than the Galactic Republic itself, which I've mentioned before is like 25,000 years, even 20 times 25 more than the Roman Empire in our modern day. Wow. Yeah. Um, the Jedi are technically way, way older than the Republic. Yeah. But uh, let me see. Um... So, let me give you a specific date. Um, At around 36,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. It's like way, way out there. Um, There were... ancient times. In the ancient times. I'd reckon right around where the Celestials were chilling out and everything. Oh, wow. Excuse me. (laughs) Excuse you. Um, But yeah, there was these eight strange ships, which were... Which later were labeled as the Foyor. And I'm going to show you a picture of these things too. Um, Yeah, there's just these mysterious ships that were just always there. Yeah, there's these weird pyramid ships. That It looks like the things the ones were held in in the Mortis. Oh yeah, yeah. There's actually... um, there's a lot of uh, theories that they may have been created by the ones, or maybe That's the Celestials. Really cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, they kind of they kind of look like a uh, D eight. 
Yeah, they do. <laughs> but anyway, so these ships, called the Foyor, they were found on numerous planets across the galaxy, eight in particular. And there's this one certain Foyor ship. Um, just to give you an idea, the Foyor aren't the actual names of a ship. It was the names that was given to them by this legendary religious organization called the Order of Adai Bendu. And the Dai Bendu, it's this mythological religion that has existed long before the Jedi Order and everything. I think they still appear in the modern day of Star Wars. Oh, wow. Um, I believe of... So, the Bendu, I will explain more as we go on. But the Bendu is the idea of balance between the dark side and the light side. And I just spit all over the, all over the mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if you ever... So, there's this character in Rebels... Um, I believe in season three, somewhere around there, there's this weird omnipresent creature um, that uh, Kanan Jarrus and Ezra encounter on one of the planets that they're a part of. Mm -hmm. And he's called the Bendu. He exists between the light and the dark. He is the middle, the Dai Bendu. Interesting. Yeah, but that's its whole entire thing. But point is, the Dai Bendu, they practice the Force, the founding philosophies of the Force, and the balance between the light and the dark, good and evil. And the Dai Bendu, they named these this mysterious ship, which is found within their tallest mountain on their homeworld of Andor Prime. Andor Prime, sorry. Um, <laughs> Andor Prime, not to be confused with a character of Andor. Yep. Um, and these monks, they just look at this ship and they, they're like, oh, that's kind of weird. Um, but it has a presence in the forest, so we're going to meditate near it and, you know, commune with it. Because apparently the Foyor, whoever created them, it doesn't have droid systems. It doesn't have any organic crews. It's just there apparently powered by the force itself that's weird yeah it's very foreboding but the Dai Bendu they're like okay we're gonna meditate near this thing because it's a power powerful conduit of a force and everything mm -hmm. and one day um the the Dai Bendu monks felt through the force that the Foyor is calling to them because it is about to depart this uh planet that they're a part of okay and numerous monks all across Andal Prime, uh, go into the Foyor, like thousands upon thousands of monks just mm -hmm. go into the Foyor and they depart to to other planets in the galaxy. Mm -hmm. And remember how I said there are eight of these ships? Yeah. So all across the galaxy, these mysterious ships, they just settled on numerous planets across the galaxy, apparently to, uh, you know, observe the native population of any world that they're a part of. Like, there's one. Um, there's eight of them, but I'm going to throw out several examples. There's one on Andal Prime, mm -hmm. which is where the Daibendu are. There's another one within the sands of Ryloth, where the native Twi'lek are. Wow. And another one within the forest of Kashyyyk, where the Wookiees are. Yep. And another one within the uh, oceans of Manan, which is the homeworld of the Sailcalf race. And another on Dothamir, where... Apparently, the precursors of the Dothamirian witches are, apparently. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, kind of a, uh, a uh, canon inconsistency because technically the witches shouldn't have existed back then, but apparently they have. I don't know. According, Apparently, according to legends. Yeah, according to legends. Um, so, 
All of these for your ships. They just go to these. Yes, go on. Just to verify, this is Legends content? This is or? Legends content. Okay. Yeah, this is like a pre-Republic timeline of Star Wars. So, old as fuck. Old as shit. Nope. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> these for your ships, they're just going all across the galaxy. Um, and numerous scientists, scholars, mystics, shamans, all of these different high echelons, high intelligent positions in their respective societies were drawn to these Foyor ships. And they get into these ships and they go to other planets across the galaxy where they pick up other races. Like the, like, as I mentioned before, the Wookiees. Um, Zabrak? And no one questions this? Well, they, <laughs> it's kind of that thing. Like, if you're worshipping the Force, like, in our mo our modern time, if you believe that God is talking to you, I mean, and, and if God says, hey, come to this ship and we could learn the uh, questions of the universe and everything, would you say no? Nowadays, that's called schizophrenia. <laughs> well, you get what, my, what I'm trying to say, though. Yes. So anyway, um, so the Foyor picked up numerous races like humans, uh, Cathar, Zabrak, Maraluka, oh, Deveronians. Right. This is the long ass time before the Cathar got extinct by the Mandalorians. Yeah, um, they point is they picked up several races across the galaxy. They even picked up a couple of members of a Sith race. Oh wow! Yeah, they were just gathering all of these high echelons of numerous alien races across the galaxy. Interesting. And a couple of years go by, they pick up more recruits here and there, academics, scientists, martial artists, you know, the whole shebang and everything. Mm -hmm. And all eight of these Foyor ships went back to this certain planet that they originated from. And on the surface of this world, they surrounded a ninth larger Foyor ship. Let me see if I... Do I, do I have a picture of this? Uh, yes, I do. Here we go. Yeah, and they just meet around this ninth larger Foyor ship on the surface of this planet, on the highest peak on the entire planet and everything. Okay. And after they meet up, or like commune through the force and everything, all eight of the Foyor ships just scattered all across the surface of this planet. And they, they basically settled on different continents, different landscapes, all across this legendary planet and everything, which the inhabitants found was extremely powerful in the Force. I saw the name of this planet. Yep. You know the name of this planet. Yep. And uh, this planet would become known as the original homeworld of the Jedi, Typhon. Yep. Yep. And... These inhabitants, they have found this extremely powerful planet in the forest. Like, the moment they set foot on Typhon, it would just be covered in ferocious force storms. Like, lightning, earthquakes, the whole shebang, it just happened unnaturally all around them. Wow. Yeah, and... It's weird that it didn't become a force nexus. Yeah, it was a force nexus at the oh. time still. Um, <laughs> and, um, but I stand corrected. yeah, they were all, <laughs> yeah, Typhon was always a force nexus. Wow. Um, yeah. And let's see, uh, each one of these, uh, and do keep in mind, each one of these inhabitants that the Foyor picked up were all force sensitive mm -hmm. in one way or another, whether it's in philosophy in physical sense or just, 
are outright force sensitive beings like the Sith, for example. Okay. Yeah. Um, and each one of these individuals, even though they have different languages, different philosophies, different societal norms and everything, they realize that they were brought here by the Fulyor to understand and bring balance to the Force itself, or at least learn more about how to bring balance to the Force. And they, the Baron Du were kind of a huge influence in this because, you know, they were all about balance and all mm-hmm. that. Um and they kind of realized that Typhon was forever plunged in chaos because there's too much light side and dark side and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and these original Force sensitives found that if they bring balance of both the light and the dark side within themselves, then Typhon would be much more stable than it originally was. Makes sense. Yeah. Think of Typhon as, you know how like uh, the... Uh, the place where the ones are is called Mortis, where mm-hmm. like uh, different sections are like influenced by the dark side and the light side and everything yep. like that. Think of that like think of that, but with Typhon. Wow. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah, um, pretty chaotic. <laughs> it is pretty chaotic. Um. So yeah, and I'm not sure if it's apparent to you in Valoris with Tor, um, but Typhon had two moons: the Ashla and Bogan. Both the light and the dark. Yep. Ashla is the light side moon and the Bogan is the dark side moon. Also, a pseudonym uh, that Ahsoka goes under is yep. Ashla. Yeah, when she went into exile after Order 66 and everything. I think that's pretty cool. It's a nice lore, little lore detail. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Typhon was the name of the planet that they were given. And the people themselves were called themselves the Typhon. Um, these one people with a singular purpose to study and learn about the Force. With this new knowledge on their purpose, the Typhon people formed a new organization dedicated entirely to the study of the Force itself. And before you say this is where the Jedi was made... No, this doesn't sound like the Jedi. No, this is... They go by a slightly different name. They go by the Jedi Order. J-E apostrophe D-A-I-I. Okay. <laughs> I know, okay. it's a little bit weird. It's basically, the Jedi is basically a combination of a, the uh, Dai Bendu's uh, words of mystic center. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically just a, a place of study. Yeah, basically. Basically. Um, I think that's cool. It is pretty cool. That is really cool. <laughs> yeah, let me get into the philosophy of the Jedi Order. Yeah, I'm going to do it that way instead of Jedi. It's Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so the Jedi are in many ways similar to their successors, the Jedi, though they practice balance between both the light and the dark side. Basically, if you want a good com- modern-day comparison, they're basically gray Jedi. I like that. I... I feel like Liel, my D&D character, would fit in with them perfectly. Oh, I'm sure she would. Um, So yeah, they study both the light and the dark side as a way of keeping the unstable force nature of Typhon in balance. And therefore, safer for themselves to live on and everything. Um, In their philosophy, they acknowledge the fact that there will always be light within darkness. And darkness within light. Yeah, the yin and yang, classic uh, Asian philosophies and everything. As you could see in the, uh, it's strong, strong Asian influence with a Jedi. Very heavy. Yeah. Um, 
So it would be impossible for one to ever be truly free of the other and thus encourage their students to give into the temptations of both the dark side and the light side. Cool. Yeah. As they do believe that embracing both for gaining knowledge of a force as a whole. Regardless, though, the Jedi are careful to bring their emotions under control and are discouraged to use pure dark side force powers like force lightning and shit. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. For example, though, if one individual was leaning too much to the dark side of the force, they would be sent to meditate upon the uh, the dark upon the light side upon the dark side for surface of Bogan. Did you have a bit of a stroke there? I had a little bit of a stroke there. <laughs> but point is, if they they're leaning... They had to meditate on the dark moon. Yeah. Um, point is, if they're leaning too much on the dark side, they get sent to the dark moon and kind of learn to appreciate the light side more. And if they lean more to the... Uh, let me see. If they lean too much to the light, they have to go meditate on Ashla. Yeah, and meditate on the dark side on Ashla to appreciate the dark more. Interesting. Yeah, so that's kind of... a very good way to balance it. Yeah, it is a pretty good way to balance it. Because if any one student is out of balance, then, you know, Typhon would be like, Ooh, I'm so mad! (laughs) Because, yeah, um, the the simplistic idea of Typhon is that Typhon is the the Bendu, while Ashla is the uh, light, and Bogan is the dark side. And I like how it still plays to the uh, same, like, what the ones do. The father, the daughter, and the son. Yeah, exactly. That's really cool. It is really cool. And these exiles would receive regular deliveries of foodstuffs and are meant to be kept from each other um, through, you know, being restrained and being kept an eye on by the sentry droids that patrol the surfaces of the moons. Oh, wow. Yeah. So basically, you get sent to exile. You stay there. You're yeah, go into timeout. <laughs> yeah, you go into timeout. <laughs> and you ready for uh, the Jedi's unique code? Yes. <clears throat> there is no ignorance. There is knowledge. There is no fear. There is power. I am the heart of the Force. I am the revealing fire of light. I am the mystery of darkness. In balance with chaos and harmony. Immortal in the Force. That's cool. It is really cool, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, a lot better than either the Jedi or the <laughs> there is There is no death, only the Force and all that bullshit. Um, yeah, let me show you a couple of pictures because there's a comic series called, Te- not Tales of a Jedi. Uh, what was it? I forget the name of a comic, but there's an entire comic series surrounding uh, the Jedi Order and everything. Okay. Yeah. So, for the next thousand years, the Jedi would build temples and cities and centers of learning around their region's individual foyer. So, think of each foyer as, like, the center of worship for the Jedi Order. They build, like, monuments, they build temples, they build entire cities entirely around these foyer ships and everything. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this... The Jedi eventually created a tradition called the Great Journey, as enacted by the Jedi's first temple master as a sort of pilgrimage across the treacherous surface of Typhon and everything. Okay. Like, there is a total of nine temples as, you know, correlating with the nine foyer ships and everything. Makes sense. Um, 
And each one of these tempos have their own specific dedicated uh, line of study and everything. And I'm about to go into each one of them. Um, so the ranking structure for the Jedi Order is very similar to the Jedi. Um, you know, you have the Initiates, you have the Padawans, uh, you have the, the Jedi Masters, the Temple Masters who basically <laughs> look over the uh, temples, the, uh, the Jedi Grand Masters and everything. Though more unique titles, um, there is the Journeyers, who are basically the Padawans that go to each temple all across Tython to learn each line of study and everything. It sounds like, uh, I want, I'm going to say modern. Yeah. Like, you know, present day Jedi. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's like, they sound more like Jedi Consulars. A little bit, you know, yeah. Like going out and seeking the knowledge. Yeah, they're, I, I do see like uh, the, the study of the Jedi Order being more consular aligned instead of being Jedi Knights and everything. Mm. At least with the journeyers anyway. Um, after each journeyer has, you know, journeyed to each temple, all <laughs> nine temples, and mastered every aspect of those temples, they eventually are... Gain the rank of Jedi Ranger, who are basically the Jedi Knights and everything. Okay. Yeah. They are just Yeah, they're distinguished by a uh, little ranger star on their chest. That's cool. Kind of like a uh, sheriff, if you will. <laughs> and the rangers are basic... They basically travel to other settled worlds across the Typhon system and like their own starfighters, their own battle cruisers and everything, just to... Be representatives for the Jedi Order and all the uh, civilizations that congregated on these other planets in the Typhon system and everything. What part of the galaxy is Typhon in? The Deep Core. I just thought we should verify that for Yeah, yeah. It's in the Deep Core where it's surrounded by black holes and shit. Yep. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, let me see. Uh, the Jedi Order is governed by the Jedi Council. Um, or of a Council of Masters, you know, classical Jedi Council and everything. We should make a shot game out of every time you say Jedi. <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to die from so many shots. <laughs> and like the, uh, the High Jedi Council, the Council is comprised of nine Temple Masters who each oversee one of the nine temples scattered all across Typhon. Okay. Um, the actual number could occasionally vary, as there's one example of a... Of a mated pair of Selkath, um, both sharing the title of Temple Master. That's cool. So yeah, they uh, encourage bonds and everything. That's cool. It is pretty cool. Um, let me see. And the Council of Masters are the ones that held the authority to exile individual members that lean too far to the light side and the dark side to Ashla or Bogan. Mm-hmm. Now, um... Since the Jedi Order are founded by scholars, mystics, artisans, and numerous other respected intellectual individuals from their respective societies, mm-hmm. each temple of the Order held its own specific speciality. And there are nine in accordance to the Foyer ships, as I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Uh, and each temple is basically like a miniature city. Not only does it have students of all across the order learning, but it has like a community and everything. That's cool. Kind of like your classical Buddhist temple and everything. Okay. Um, the first one is the Padawan Kish, which 
self-explanatory. That's where all the initiates go to to learn the basics on the force and everything. Mm-hmm. And let me show you a picture of the Padawan Kesh. Surprisingly enough, each Padawan, uh, not Padawan, uh, each temple has its own de- artistic depiction. Not the greatest quality, but it's a good representation of what they look like. Okay. Really does look like a temple that you would see yeah. in South Asia or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, the Padawan Kesh is where all the initiates learn the basics of the fours, eventually becoming Padawans before they become journeyers and going to other temples all across Typhon. Yep. Um, and next is the Anio Kesh, otherwise known as the Temple of Science, and is located in the Talsis continent within a deep chasm. It is basically the temple where journeyers travel to learn the arts of a force through science and alchemy. Okay. Mm. And let me... It it probably looks the most futuristic out of all the temples. It's just this little uh, base uh, supported by free legs and everything. If it'll upload, there we go. Okay. Basically, think of that... uh, Think of that temple as like the uh, science institution of the Jedi Order. Jedi Order. Um, like, they do a couple of uh, genetic studies, and they even uh, alchemically modify several creatures on at that uh, temple. Like sounds one, like Sith shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It sounds like <laughs> the, the beginnings of Sith alchemy. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> you could probably think the Jedi Order for alchemy and everything. Like, one example is the uh, Rancor Dragon. The what? Yep, you'll soon see. What the fuck? <laughs> why? Because why the that, fuck That's not? terrifying. It is pretty terrifying. Um, and then next is the Mahara Kesh, otherwise known as the Temple of Healing. And it is... On the surface of Typhon's deep ocean. And it actually looks pretty cool, if I'm going to be completely honest. Oh. Wow, that's really pretty. It is very pretty. Um, It is built with numerous meditation chambers, and the viewing glass would allow the occupants to gaze within the deep oceans. Yeah, that definitely would help with meditation. Yeah, I imagine it... uh, very akin to a uh, spa resort or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, next is the Stav Kesh, otherwise known as the Temple of Martial Arts. Give me a moment. Uh, there it is. This one is probably the closest uh, one that looks like a uh, Buddhist monastery. It's up on a mountain and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I keep you on long day. <laughs> it is built on the slopes and peak of a mountain in the Ice Giant Range and is the, and is the normal stop for journeyers to learn martial arts, weapon combat, and other forms of combat. Okay. Yeah. Um, classic uh, Buddhist monastery sort of shit and everything. Or, I've, I keep on forgetting what monks practice martial arts and everything. The Shaolin, there we go, the Shaolin monks. <laughs> um, had a brain fart there, but next is Kilaf, and this is the Temple of Knowledge. Um, in a forest. Yeah. Um, the Temple of Knowledge, it is obviously the center of knowledge and wisdom for many generations of a Jedi Order, and, are, and is seen as the most important temple of the Order, being a prime meeting ground for many temple masters. Well, of course. Yeah. Basically, the Library of Alexandria times, like, 50. 
Pretty much. I think if the ruins of Kalaf can be seen in Swator, I'm not too sure. Maybe? I have to check. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know there are ruins that you have to go to on Tython. Oh yeah, there that's probably... several a... missions they have to do, but I just can't remember if that's this one or Yeah, not. I'm pretty sure that's the uh, ruins in question. That's... <laughs> the most important origin of a Jedi Order and everything. That's still pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, Next is, I'm probably going to mispronounce this because it's classic Asian words, the Q-I-G-O-N-G. I want to say Qigong Cash. Qigong Cash. Yeah, I'm going to go with Qigong Cash. For all of you Asian speakers, I apologize. We're sorry. <laughs> we are painfully white. Yeah, they are. we are white as white can be. <laughs> Anyway, so Qui-Gon Kesh, also known as the Temple of Force Skills, it is located within the dunes of the silent desert of Typhon. So, uh, this one actually looks pretty cool. It's just, it kind of... It's surprising seeing so many different biomes on Typhon. It is, yeah. We'll have to talk about Typhon as a planet one of these days. Mm -hmm. But, uh... Okay. But yeah, basically, um, this... The reason why it's called the Silent Desert is because the sands had the unique property of nullifying all sound in the entire area. That's weird. Yeah, so you know that feeling where you're in the middle of the woods and then out of nowhere everything just goes dead silent? Yeah, that's very creepy. Yeah, imagine that in the the desert of silence 24-7. Oh, that, that doesn't sound nice. No, it does not. And the reason why they built the, uh, you know, the temple of for of the force and everything is to allow the students to have a much easier time focusing on their mental endurance and strength within the silence of the desert. Fair enough. Because there is no outside sources distracting you and everything. My my ADHD would still find. <laughs> you know that's fair. Um, and then next is. The Vortepe, otherwise known as the Forge. This is where they made the light, the swords. Yeah, they're they uh, metallic swords. And I gotta say, the uh, the Forge is probably the most metal, uh, <laughs> um, no pun intended, most metal temple of them all. This is clearly taking inspiration from a Hephaestus Forge, I mm-hmm. can tell. Yep. Um... It is a large temple located within the mouth of an active volcano. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pure Greek mythology right there. <laughs> yeah. That is the Hephaestus Forge. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's a place where students learn the ways of a force through metallurgy and the construction of tools and weapons. That is cool. Yeah. The temple is made as a monument to metallurgy itself, and its students would craft their weapons in the fires of a volcano itself. Nice. It is so metal. So fucking cool. That is awesome. Yeah, the bottom of a temple, which formed as an interior dome, which harnessed the heat from the flowing lava to power the forge itself. That's cool. So yeah, renewable energies. So good on them and everything. Oh yeah. Um, Uniquely enough, it is one of a few temples that was repurposed by the Jedi Order when all the other temples were abandoned. And it was rediscovered when the Jedi Order returned to Typhon after the Sagging of Coruscant. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the site where Jedi Padawans traveled to build their first lightsaber. Hmm. Yeah. 
I don't remember the story, <laughs> but... Um, so you probably remember when you're of a Jedi Knight in the Jedi Knight storyline where you go to uh, build your first lightsaber and everything. Yeah, they say you have to go to the forge, but it didn't look anything like this. I know, I know. Inconsistencies yes. aside. Inconsistency. Um, <laughs> That's still cool, though. It is really cool that uh, even their descendants briefly rediscovered and reused it for their rites of passage and everything yeah that is really cool yeah um and then let me see and then next is the butai otherwise known as the temple of the arts and you'll probably see the obvious uh japanese slash asian inspiration with this one there we go oh yeah yeah it, lo- it looks like an imperial palace. It does. That's cool, though. I personally went to uh, Japan for a study abroad trip, and it looks so much like uh, the area around Osaka and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the, it is the Temple of Arts, and it is located within the southern coast of Masara, and it instructed students in the ways of writing, calligraphy, dancing, drawing, sculpture, Cooking, music, and theater. It looks like I know where I'd fit in. Yep. Yeah, it's the classical art school of the Jedi Order and everything. That's cool, though. It is really cool. You can't have society without art. Exactly. Even the Jedi recognizes. The Jedi, not the Jedi. Ancient, (laughs) ancient Jedi. Ancient, ancient Jedi. (laughs) And then finally, there is the Akar Kesh, otherwise known as the Temple of Balance, and arguably... Oh, excuse me. One of the most important temples of a Jedi Order, as it is situated next to the ninth and largest foyer atop the largest peak on all of Typhon. And I'll show you two pictures here. Yeah, it's literally on top of that gigantic rock spire, as you'll see. Whoa. Yeah. Fuck that. (laughs) I'll stick down at the bottom. Yeah, that's pretty much the final temple that all Padawans go to to complete their training. It looks like a challenge to get up there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Fuck that. Yeah, becoming a ranger is no easy task. Um, I'll see a Padawan <laughs> in life. And it served as the Order's Academy for instilling the ideals of balance in the Force amongst its students. Oh, wow. It's very self-explanatory and mm-hmm. everything. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, the Jedi Order... I keep on, uh, the Jedi. That's, God damn it. I have to do it. I have to put that huge emphasis on the die and everything. Um, but anyway, yeah, the, the Jedi Order is really, really cool and everything. Um, I do recall the creator of the Jedi Order as basically their ideas about the Jedi Order were basically the Titans before the Greek gods came in overthrew them and yeah that makes a lot of sense it's really cool it is really cool um anyway we'll get a little bit more into its history while the typhons were at harmony amongst the unique force energies of typhon it soon proved to be highly dangerous for later generations that didn't inherit the force genes of their ancestors Mm -hmm. like any i think i believe it's lore accurate that any non-force user that arrives on typhon would just outright go insane because of the high chaotic energies of a force on typhon and everything Mm -hmm. um which became evident after the city of a, of a Yerim was destroyed by a freak force storm, which caused not only the destruction of the city, but the loss of many of its non-force-sensitive inhabitants. That sucks. Yeah, it, it's, it's really shitty. 
Um, therefore, in the Order's second millennium, a second Great Migration occurred, where all Typhons that were non-Force sensitive were forced to leave Typhon and settle on other planets within the Typhon system. That sucks, but that's what has to happen. Yeah, they were for they were just forcibly just exiled off of Typhon, not because the uh, the Jedi Order didn't like them; they legitimately didn't want to see them to come to any harm or anything. Yeah, but it. This just broke up entire families that and everything. Sucks. Like children leaving their parents, parents leaving their children, and they would never contact with them ever again. Damn. Yeah. Um, at first, they would settle on the moons of Ashland and Bogan until they eventually just went off to other planets in the Typhon system. Okay. And it is said that the scars of that separation would remain between both the Jedi Order and the Settlers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Um, these colonies would later be called the Settled Worlds. And despite the services the Order would provide for them, the non-Force users grew this deep resentment over the millennia. Yeah, yeah makes and, sense. <laughs> and even when the Settlers, you know, had their own life, had protection from the order and all that um there would be the occasional um one in a million birth of a force sensitive and the order will be like yoink (laughs) yeah at least one aspect of a jedi order would continue on in the jedi order just yoinking babies (laughs) so yeah it just grew this little resentment from these inhabitants like you force sensitive mine mine (laughs) that's free real estate right there yep and the inhabitants of these settled worlds just looked at the Jedi Order and they were like, you more fucking pieces of shit. We never asked to be in this system and you exiled us from Typhon and you stealing our force sensitive kids. Oof. How fucking dare you? Oof. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and eventually this resentment commenced 10,000 years later through an individual called Hydea. A female Twi'lek hailing from the settled world of Shaikanikawa. I'm probably going to butcher that world. But, uh... And there is actually... Yes, there is an art piece of her. Which looks... She looks badass. If it will just uh, upload... Yeah, she looks freaking badass. Oh, wow. Huh. So, yeah. Um, Hydea... Um... She comes from the world of Shaikikawa, um, which was basically dominated by uh, this organization called the Nine Houses, who served as the ruling crime families of her world and everything. Okay. Um, Hydea united all the barons of the Nine Houses under her banner, mostly through ruthless means. Like, she had to, uh, I believe she had to... Threaten, r- kill, torture. Yeah, you, you know, know, the usual the stuff. The usual. <laughs> the usual stuff. Um, Especially when you're at war, you gotta do what you can. Yeah. And she had declared herself the Queen of Shakikawa and proceeded to conquer other settled worlds in the Typhon system. And she would eventually gain the title of the Despot Queen. Wow. Yeah, she was a motherfucking giga chad just bringing these other worlds into line. Just g- good on ya. Yeah. That's cool. Especially for a Twi'lek. Yeah, exactly. Who many just see as, you know, the submissive slave race. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, she's just the many examples of how powerful Twi'leks can potentially that's be. That's fucking everything. awesome. I yeah. love it. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, 
Vote. Twi'leks can be sl- can be anything other than slaves too. Yeah, I do wish we got more of her. She looks pretty cool, but she's just his minor footnote in history and everything. Still, pretty cool. Yeah, and she eventually unified all these worlds under her ruthless banner. Um, and the Jedi Order were like, holy crap, there's this hot Twi'lek shit that's uniting all these <laughs> worlds. She's going to be an actual frit against us. We got to stop her. And this is like the very first moment in the entirety of a Star Wars history that the uh, peaceful monks fulfilled the role of generals and everything. Oh, and wow. participated in their first war. So if you really think about it, it's a uh, Twi'lek queen. That was the very first enemy of a Jedi Order. Wow, that's still cool. It is pretty cool. Um, she has this awesome quote that she says. Um, okay, before I go into the quote. Uh, and it began this war called the Despot Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, fought between the Jedi Order and their allies against the Despot Army, which were made up of conscripts and volunteered, fueled by their fear and hatred of the Order. Makes sense. And quote from the uh, Despot Queen herself. The Jedi say there is no ignorance, there is knowledge, but they are ignorant of your lives, your struggles, and their superiority blinds them. They say there is no fear, there is power, yet in their power they are smug, and I will make them fear me. Awesome. Yeah, she is a goddamn chad. She is pissed and ready to fight anybody. Hell have no fury like a woman scorn. Especially this woman. Yeah, exactly. It's It doesn't go into her history. Yas queen! <laughs> yas queen! But I like to think that uh, one of her children were taken away by the Jedi Order, which is why she grew this huge resentment against them. That would be a good reason. Yeah, um, it doesn't go into her history. She's just kind of this minor footnote, the first that enemy sucks. of the Jedi. Yeah, but... I wouldn't mind just a minor extension on her uh, story and everything. But, uh. Fan fiction writers, get to it! <laughs> Even though the Despot War was brief, it was extremely brutal with heavy casualties on both sides. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and even uh, <laughs> as impressive as this may sound, she was able to lead her forces onto the surface of Typhon itself. That is very impressive. Yeah, she is a motherfucking giga chad. Um,. Though, unfortunately, her little crusade against the Jedi Order would come to an end through the acts of a singular Jedi individual that served as an undercover agent within the the Despot Queen's inner circle and eventually became her uh, lover. Oh. Yeah. And then one night, they were just both sleeping in her tent before the next mighty battle against the Order and everything. Mm And this Jedi just came up to the queen, hesitated a little bit, and she fought back against the Jedi, but she was assassinated by him and everything. Assassinated by her own lover. Yep, exactly. Though, even though this grinded to a halt, you know, without the influence of their badass queen of a woman and everything, Mm -hmm. um... Though this wouldn't be the end of the numerous hardships the Jedi Order would face... Probably not. <laughs> and this is where... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to just pull in the uh, Avatar meme. Everything... Uh, what was it? Uh, what was it? Uh, 
everything changed with a Fire Nation attack. <laughs> That's what it was. No, no, no. In this case, everything changed with the Infinite Empire attack. Oh, here come the Ricotta. <laughs> yeah, the Ricotta entering stage right. Um, though balance was restored within the Typhon system, turmoil would soon return 12 years later when a ship of unknown origins crash-landed on Typhon. Um, the crash land killed several Force users, which sparked a Force storm unseen since the beginning of the Jedi Order. Well, yeah. Yeah. If, if the balance has been there for that many years, suddenly losing a part of that, it's like, uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good. And this certain individual was a, uh, this individual was named Zesh. He is a, basically a dark side slave of a Ricotta. He's called a Force Hound. And he he just looks so fucking cool. Yeah, and he's got a lightsaber. Yeah, that's a uh, force saber, a creation of a ricotta. Basically, you use it by being extremely powerful on the dark side. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that extreme dark side presence just put Typhon into immediate chaos and well, everything. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it did. <laughs> Zesh has his own entire story and everything, which is in that uh, comic that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, he uh, was a servant of Rakata, found out about the traditions of a Jedi Order, learned compassion and everything, and eventually became a Jedi himself and fought back against the Infinite Empire and everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we'll probably do an episode on him if the demand is uh, high enough and everything. Um and let me see. Uh, so yeah, Zesh's arrival would be the precursor to the Infinite Empire, finding out about the powerful force nexus that existed on Typhon. And the main reason why they invaded Typhon was... So there's this ancient relic called the Infinity Gate. Think of it as like the Stargates from the, uh, you know, the Stargate series and everything. Never heard of it. Okay. Uh, imagine it like a giant portal that brought you to anywhere across the galaxy. <laughs> it is pretty cool. Um, we'll eventually talk about the Infinity Gates and what <laughs> when we talk about the Infinite Empire and Verakata as a whole. Mark but, it on the fucking list. Mark it on the list and take a shot. <laughs> yep. But anyway, point is the Infinity Gates, it's Typhon is said to contain an Infinity Gate that connects to all the entirety of the force itself and everything, which is the main reason why the Ricotta tried to invade Typhon so they could rule the known universe and conquer the force itself. Yeah, the Ricotta are fucking nuts. They are really insane. Um, I mean, even encountering them in Swator mm -hmm. on Belsavis and Tatooine, it's like, what the fuck are you? You're <laughs> ugly looking. <laughs> they look like fucking hammerheads. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. They're terrifying. Yeah. Pure um, nightmare fuel. They are pure nightmare fuel. Um, realizing that they had an enemy that would lead to the destruction of both the Jedi and the other planets in the Typhon system, the Order and the Settled Worlds formed an alliance, and they were able to beat back the Ricotta, along with the help of the Foyor, which turned out to be powerful uh, weapons as well. Oh, the temples. Yeah, the, uh, the floating pyramid ships and everything. That's cool. They just... <laughs> I think a uh, individual. Just, I guess they just didn't need them until then. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh shit, the Ricotta are here. Better use them as weapons now. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, they had very little war against Ricotta, um, and the descendants of Ricotta are the uh, the uh, Flesh Raiders. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, they were on... They were basically the main foot soldiers on Typhon before their masters got full out of Dodge and stranded them. Yeah, and the Flash Raiders, if you... You you first meet them on Typhon. Yep. They're annoying as fuck. Yeah, they are very annoying, but... And yeah. they, they can be Force-sensitive. Some of them can be Force-sensitive, yeah. Which is very interesting because initially the Ricotta, they suffered this disease which could cut off their connection to the Force and everything. So it's really interesting, yeah. They deserve it, though. Yeah, they... Yeah, they get what's coming to them, let's be honest. Yes, they do. <laughs> Eventually, the Infinite Empire were able to fuck off out of the Typhon system and Good. everything. Um, though the mere existence of a extremely powerful dark side empire led many uncomfortable questions with the Jedi Order. Because they were all like, oh, we gotta do balance between the light side and the dark side. And then they saw just what a pure dark side faction was capable of. And we're like, oh the no. like, what the fuck do we do now? And, like, there was one side of the Jedi that didn't want anything to do with the Bogan, the dark side and everything. And they wanted to stay purely with the Ashla. While there were another faction of the Jedi that wanted to go pure Bogan and everything. Um, and it just led a schism. He this leads to the beginning of the dark side and the light side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this led a schism within the Order itself. And it led to this next... One of many. Yeah, one of many, 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 <laughs> many. <Ribbit. laughs> and this led to a conflict uh, appropriately called the Force Wars. Wow. Yeah. Um, so both of these Jedi set upon each other... Um, brother against brother, sister against sitter, uh, the whole shebang and everything. Mm-hmm. And both sides, I didn't go too much into it because, uh, it didn't say too much in the lore, but obviously the Jedi Order don't have lightsabers or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do have katanas and everything, which are enhanced through the force. That's cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. And both sides just wielded these katanas and they just went absolutely ham on the other side of a conflict. Let me actually show you a picture of that uh, Force War and everything. Yeah, they just look like traditional samurai. They still glow, though, and I think that's really cool. It is pretty cool. It just there shows... There is a double-bladed one. <laughs> double-bladed, uh, yeah, uh, sword and that's everything. That's cool. It is pretty cool. Um, And this conflict between both sides would last for a decade. Bitch in the hood looks like Ray. Oh, oh, God damn it! Zoom in. She looks like Ray. Are you talking about that? Uh, that one on the uh, the second one on the right. Yes. Yeah, she kind of does. She looks like Ray. <laughs> I mean, that guy in the air kind of looks like Maul. Uh, just a bit. Just, just a little a bit. bit. <laughs> I do like how they kept the Padawan braids. Yeah. As, as a tradition. Yeah. Yeah, it's very clear where the Jedi came from and everything. That's cool. Um, let me see, and then uh. After this entire conflict came, uh, the Bogan were extinguished, Mm -hmm. and the Jedi, they decided, okay, we're going to reform ourselves into a new, different philosophy. Instead of focusing on the Daibendu balance, we're going to focus purely on the Ashla and everything. And this Daibendu actually worked. Yeah, yeah, um... Just a lot of unfortunate circumstances that Very led to this. Very unfortunate circumstances. And this led to the creation of the Jedi Order. Not the Jedi Order, Jedi Order. Yes. <laughs> now I could 
go back to saying the proper Jedi <laughs> instead of doing the emphasis of a die. But anyway, um, where was I? Okay. From the ashes of this conflict, um, one of these new founders would be the respected Jedi master, uh, Rajavari. You probably encountered him. Yeah, Rajavari. Yep. You, I thought he was dark side though. He was one of the original founders of a Jedi Order, and ah. eventually the Jedi Order and everything. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> so, old as balls. He is old as balls. Um, <laughs> he actually trained the first generation of Jedi lore keepers, and would secretly establish the first incarnation of the Jedi Archives called the Fount of Rejavari. Though he, at some point, fell to the dark side. Yes. So, he's technically the uh, first fallen Jedi. Dark Jedi, I should say. Technically. Technically, but it's kind of ironic because he's one of the founders of a Jedi, and then he turned dark side. The Bogan, I should say. Sucks, but yeah. that's what happened. <laughs> that, yeah, that is what happened. Um, and then eventually, he and his followers um, were hunted down. He set up shop in the archives or whatever, and the Jedi killed him and everything. Yep, and it's a side quest you gotta go on. Yep. Or, no, I think it's one of the main quests. Probably the main it's quest, It's in the yeah. console story. <laughs> and though he and his followers would soon fall, and his memory of a found would be lost to myth and time. Though, until you reach Tython. Yeah. <laughs> though eventually Typhon would suffer a cataclysm that destroyed the planet's biosphere, rendering the planet uninhabitable, at least for a couple of centuries and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what caused uh, the Jedi to move move to Coruscant? Move to Ossus, specifically. Oh. Yeah. So the Jedi, they got onto these uh, sleeper ships, which, uh, if you recall from a Chiss episode, are basically normal starships that uh, go the old-fashioned way and go into cryosleep and everything. Just like in, you know, typical sci-fi movies Yep, now. exactly. Like like a like a like avatar alien and stuff. Yep, avatar and alien and all that. Um and they would retreat to the to the uh I believe the rim, which is like the outer rim in the okay. Tyanese cluster. Um where they found this lush world called Ossus and that's where they made their new headquarters of a Jedi order and everything. Okay. And yeah, 730 years later they go on to Ossus. And, uh, and then when the Jedi became part of a Republic, they, uh, it was basically banned for anybody to go to Typhon. But there were a couple of Jedi pilgrims that go, went there to, uh, contemplate their existence and everything. Just go think about life on the first planet. <laughs> on our original home world and shit. And then after the sacking of Coruscant, uh, Typhon would be rediscovered by Satyo Shen. Wow, she rediscovered Tython. Yeah, she was the one who rediscovered it. And wow. that's how she became a Jedi Master in the first place. Wow. And, I mean, that's uh, a great achievement to that get is, you boosted up there. Yeah, it is a pretty good achievement. And, uh, yeah, that is the history of the Jedi, part, part one. one. <laughs> so, yeah, what do you think, Hannah? It, it wasn't what I was expecting. What were you expecting? I don't know. I th I thought they were going to start out completely light side, I guess. That's fair, yeah. That's but a fair assumption. That's cool. That's really cool. I like that they had the balance yeah. in, the, in the beginning. And from my point of view, it worked. Mm -hmm. It really worked. But 
of course, un- unfortunate circumstances. Yeah, as we like to say numerous times, Star Wars is a space opera. Yep. You, you can't have a no- story. Nothing can be fine. Nothing can be fine. It's always got to be tragedy after tragedy after and, tragedy. And war after war after war. Yeah. Personally, I I know there's a lot of people that have their gripes with the Jedi Order and everything because it goes against the entire point of Star Wars and everything, like light side and dark side, and like what. But that has to come from something, and that something was the balance. That is very true. Yeah, you can't have the light and the dark without the balance. Very true. As the, the yin whole and point yang. of Ashla, Bogan, and Tythod, and the whole point of the father, the son, and the daughter. Yep. You, there has to be a balance. You can't have too much of one. That is very Otherwise, true. Otherwise, you're fucked. Yeah, I'm going to post the uh, the uh, the quotes that George Lucas talks about explaining the light side and the dark side in a nutshell that he showed me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hell yes! Yeah, that is a really good quote by George Lucas, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I found that on Tumblr. Yeah. Um, I uh, am kind of mixed about the Jedi Order. A lot of their, a lot of their philosophies and temples are pretty cool. I, I think they're awesome. Yeah, their lore is also top notch. I just wish we knew more about the Jedi Order and everything. I'm, I'm sure there's probably a comic or two that dives in a little bit of their society and everything. Probably. Um, it's probably very obscure. Yeah. Um, it would be kind of interesting. In an alternate universe, if a Jedi Order didn't fragment into pure light side and everything. Ooh, that would be a cool AU. That would be a very cool AU. But Dick writers, get on it. Yeah. Um, but on the other end, I can understand why the, uh, the Jedi Order wouldn't be a great fac- main faction in the Star Wars timeline and everything. The Jedi and their, con- their eternal conflict with the Sith is way more interesting. Yeah, true. Yeah. But yeah, um, that is our episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, are you for the light or the dark side? Personally, I'm balanced. <laughs> of course you're balanced. Um, so yeah. Although I, I do lean more toward the dark. That is, yeah, that is pretty cool. I, I know the, uh, the uh, Jedi don't have their lightsabers, but Force Katanas are so cool. That is really cool. <laughs> I just love... Uh, uh, Asian samurai weapons and everything. I wanted to say in the middle of the uh, talking about the ricotta. Yeah. If we're possibly going to cover that, let's hear from the, the our audience. If you want us to recover... Dragon. <laughs> if you want us to cover the ricotta, let us know. Yeah. Like give give us give us feedback. We we could, but we already have a lot on the fucking list. Yeah. The- to cover. I'm just going to put up that Spongebob meme where he's going through the entire list and everything. Yeah, give, just, give, just give us some feedback. Let yeah. us know what you want to hear. Yeah, um, just kind of going back and forth uh, currently. Trying to go more uh, light side stuff and everything, which is why I've been doing a lot of uh, protagonists lately instead of villains. Because villains are cool, but villains I got to... Villains are awesome, yeah. but we, we got to switch it up. Yeah, we got to switch it up or bring balance, if you will. Yep. <laughs> but speaking of villains... You want to know what our next episode is going to be about? Who we talk about? So, uh, <laughs> um, he's kind of the focus of uh, one of our recent D and D sessions. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> and I think it's prime time. Oh, no. <laughs> I think it's prime time that we actually dive into <laughs> the alien, the myth, the legend, Dirge, from <laughs> our fucking Kool Aid Man through the wall, bitch. Yep. <laughs> 
We're talking about fucking Star Wars Deadpool on crack. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a fun episode for sure. That will be a fun episode. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to tonight's D&D session. No dirge, unfortunately, this time. But, uh, yeah. Um, Tune into the episode to see how we defeated him. Yeah, exactly. Um, And <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. Learned a thing or two about the origins of a Jedi and the Jedi Order and everything. <laughs> um, Yeah, I no longer have to put emphasis on the die anymore. Um, But anyway, hope you have are having a wonderful day. And we'll see you in the next episode. This is the way. This is the way, and may the force be with you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.